You're listening to Guinea Pig and Green. I'm Laura. And I'm Stephanie. And we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. Today on the podcast, Steph and I are going to be talking about living when life gets hard. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Guinea Pig and Green. Hi, Laura. How are you doing? Hello. I'm good. Today I'm having a really good day. Um, but as you know, my family is going through a bit of a rough patch right now um, mm-hmm. where my granny has just been diagnosed with uh, cancer in her brain and her lungs. Yeah, which was such a punch in the gut to hear for me. And so I can only imagine how it must have felt for you. Um, and so while it's feeling good to get back to talking to you and and recording the podcast again it has been i think nice for both of us to give you and your family some room to breathe and to not feel pressured to um to keep the podcast going when you weren't feeling up to it so happy to have you back but also happy that we have space here for you in the in the thank podcast. you and yeah i think i definitely wanted to I mean, part of me, I think, wanted to provide some context as to why we had taken a couple of weeks off from podcasting, and that was, like, so, I think you, there was no question in your mind that I just needed a couple of weeks off Mm -hmm. from it, Um, so thank you for that, but, um, yeah, so part of me just wanted to provide context for listeners, and then also, some of the things that I do, like, these these side projects, like, my website and also this podcast are also pretty therapeutic for me in terms of how I talk through things. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think I also wanted the opportunity to use the podcast in that way as well. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because this morning um, or this weekend, we had talked about recording again today on Monday. And this morning when we talked about what we wanted to talk about on the show, we both had had kind of a similar idea of what the show could be about and we came at it totally separately um but both came to the subject of talking about how you live how you try and live well when things are hard um and so i think you said you know we need to talk about it being clear that we don't have the answers because we really don't have the answers but that this is a super important topic that um i think can always can, uh, it's always worth ta- having another conversation about it because it's something that yeah. doesn't get co- talked quite enough. Absolutely. Like, I, I would say for sure I don't have the answers. Um, I've been really lucky in my life that I've never experienced the loss of somebody very close to me. Mm. And so this has been by far, like, one of the most heartbreaking things that I've had to go through. Um, my granny's still alive, but, I mean, she was really clear that she didn't want treatment and even her um, the doctor who told her her diagnosis didn't think that it was a good idea either. So it's been a lesson in acceptance, um, mm. but also it's just been really lovely the way that our family has come together in the past few weeks. Um, so there's definitely silver linings to this, and but it's completely new territory that we're all navigating. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a hard thing. It's such a hard thing, but I think that this conversation is going to be um, good. I think therapeutic for both of us and helpful, hopefully, to some of our listeners who might be going through a hard thing of their own or will be in the future, as we all unfortunately will. 
Um, mm. I think one of the things that's top on both of our lists that seems really obvious but can sometimes be very hard to put into practice is reaching out to others and leaning on other people when you're going through something that's hard. I know that I mm-hmm. definitely experience my own kinds of resistance to leaning on others at times when I really should. You know, it's something that you think you would do, but then when the time comes, you think, oh, I don't want to burden them, or um, I don't feel comfortable sharing this, or I don't know who I would turn to. And so it can be much, much harder to put into practice. Have you found that in this experience? Yeah, totally. Um, so I'm, I'm currently trying to find my footing <laughs> in that, um, I think in the very beginning, my inclination was to want to be a pillar of strength. My mom is a big crier, so it was like no surprise that she was one of the first to Mm. cry. Um, To my knowledge, my dad has still not cried. Um, And so I just, I wanted to be strong for both of them Mm -hmm. because I felt that they needed strength in that way. And my interpretation of strength was also not showing my vulnerability with that. Fortunately for me, I have a really great support system in my yoga community. So Mm. a couple weeks ago, uh, I was going to a yoga class and I hadn't known it at the time, but a lot of the teachers at my studio who are my good friends were taking that same class. And I spoke to my granny on the phone before going in. Um, And because it's brain cancer, it's affecting her memory um, and her mind quite a bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it was just like a really devastating phone conversation where she was the first to admit that she didn't really know what was going on and had to get off the phone. And like, as soon as I walked into the yoga studio, I think um, the first person I saw, he said, uh, how are you? And I just couldn't even get words out. I just started crying. Um, And it was just one after the other. They all just gave me this hug. And it was exactly what I needed. And it was so important for me to go through that, that just like public, that public exploration of my feelings because I had been Mm. doing the opposite up until then. And since then, I've just been like, I I felt like I was cracked open and I'm having Mm. a much easier time talking to people about it. Right. Can Mm. I share a quote from your Instagram account that I think might have been from this day? Yes, that is from this this day. (laughs) Yes, you can. So Laura shared this beautiful photo of some of her gorgeous hand lettering Um, And she wrote, choose bravery. And in the caption, she said, when I'm honest with myself, I know that choosing bravery means setting my brave face down. And I think that that is, it just rang so true for me when I read it. And I think it's true for all of us. Um, Sometimes we like to think we can handle things on our own. We don't want to upset other people. Or like you said, we want to be strong for someone else. And it Mm -hmm. can be really hard to reach out um, and explain the situation to someone who might not be totally up to speed and ask for their support. It's just, it's something that I find myself at times giving myself resistance, you know? No, you shouldn't do that. Or who are you going to even say that to anyway? Um, When really that could be the most helpful thing for me in any given situation. Yeah, absolutely. I was having a conversation this weekend with my cousin who's 13 um, and she said to me that she hasn't told any of her friends mm. about uh, about my granny being sick. Um, and when I asked why, she said, well, like, it's not their problem. 
And it just, like, I felt so poorly that that's how she felt that she needed to handle this and why she felt that she needed to be alone in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And it's funny because, I mean, I'm 24 turning 25. Like, I'm over a decade older than her. And I think I found my footing in this about, like, two weeks before she did. So, like... <laughs> Like, and so, yeah, being able to say to her that, like, I've been talking to other people and that's been really helpful um, was really nice. But I'm a total beginner in this. And I guess that at, 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 everybody has that point in their life that they have to be a total beginner in this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the next thing that I had on my list was actually something from Gretchen Rubin, of course. Um which doesn't specifically, she doesn't specifically apply to when hard things happen, but I think can be very helpful when hard things happen. And she says um, that it's really important to make the positive argument. I want to be clear, though, that this doesn't mean like being a Pollyanna and only being like, oh, like life is sunshine and roses and there's nothing going on and pretending that nothing's happening. But something you said earlier uh, reminded me of this thing that Gretchen Rubin had said, which was you were talking about how your family has really come together and all been on the same page. And it's been such a blessing, I think, for you and your family that no one has had a contradictory opinion and everybody has just been in alignment. And so I think when I think of make the positive argument, she's referring to how easy it is for us to make an argument. Like humans, we're very good at finding reasons to support an opinion. So if we're thinking like, um, you know, my husband never does anything for me, it's very easy to find reasons to, to show that he never does anything for you. But if you make the positive argument and say, my husband does tons of things for me all the time, I don't have a husband for the record, but <laughs> first thing that came to mind. Um, <laughs> then you can think of a lot of reasons for that as well. And so, again, this is not to say like, oh, there's nothing wrong in my life and um, nothing bad is happening. But it's almost like looking for the positive, you know, like I'm so happy that my family is in alignment with me. And um, during this such a hard time, it's so important. Something like that. And so I think Mm -hmm. that can be so, so helpful. It's almost like counting your blessings, even though counting your blessings feels super hard sometimes when when things are difficult. Yeah. Um, For us, we're so fortunate. My granny has actually, she's at home right now, like at Mm. her house. Um, And it has been really lovely having a rotation of family members coming through the home. My parents sleep there at night and my aunt and uncle are there during the day and I'm there almost three or four days a week, depending on the week, Mm -hmm. um, because I've had some flexibility with uh, my yoga teaching. And it's just been so nice. It's really nice um, sitting there with family just for hours, drinking tea and being able to say at the end of the day, like, I'll see you tomorrow. Mm. Um, It's... And my brother came home. It was really nice to see him. So there have definitely have been positives to it and things that are really quite enjoyable to it. It hasn't all been bad. It's been a really nice opportunity for everybody to come together. I think it's Cheryl Strayed who says, like, we're all adults here. We can... Oh, no, it's Elizabeth Gilbert. We're all adults here. We can handle two contradictory ideas at the same time. It doesn't have to be one or the other. 
So like mm-hmm. what you said, you know, like this is so hard. This is the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And it's been such a positive thing for my family to be together in this hard time or to be together, period. Yeah. Um, and I think like remembering that we can have two contradictory ideas at the same time, um, even just remembering that can help us when things feel crappy. Yeah, it was funny. Um, I mentioned the other day something about like giving myself permission to take Ubers out to go see my granny. And my dad like turned to the rest of my family and he's like, giving yourself permission is just something yogis say when they want to do something. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I, I just thought that was, it was really funny. But I think it's true. Like sometimes you do need to give yourself permission to let go of the things that... Um, that matter to you that can wait. So writing for um, my website, Little Black Leggings, which is um, my like business of yoga website, mm-hmm. has totally taken a back seat in the last few weeks. And I'm so glad that I know it will just be there when I'm ready to come back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then same with this podcast. You and I have been in a constant dialogue over the past few days over more than just recording a podcast. Yeah, um, And... Uh, and I know that like guinea pig and green will be here whenever I'm ready to record like to, like I was today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's nice to have that flexibility. It like made me think of that like yoga, like I bend so I won't break mm-hmm. thing. It's yeah. Not being rigid in your expectations of what you need to be accomplishing during hard times yeah. it has been really beneficial to me. Yeah. And I love your dad's perspective too. <laughs> I think sometimes just, this can maybe apply to this conversation as well. Like sometimes when you're in something and you're so used to the way you talk, the way you think about it, and then someone has a totally different view on it than you do. It's so interesting. Like you're so in the yogi world, it would never occur to you that 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 phrase is kind of funny in a way, you know, that people say, I'm giving myself permission to like, it does sound kind of funny when you think about it. So I love that. I love the humor in that. (laughs) Totally. I don't think my family has made fun of each other as much as we have in the past few days, but all in love. So, uh, yeah. Um, um, but it's true. It's true, though. The whole like, it's just what they say when they want to do something like yeah. pay attention to the things you like have the urge to give yourself permission to do, because like, that's how you know what you want to do. Right. Like, yeah. Figuring out what the right thing to do or what you want in that moment is like, it doesn't need to be as difficult as we or I make it sometimes. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to. You don't have to do the quote unquote right thing. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. like sometimes when, for instance, if people, if someone breaks up with their boyfriend, that's a hard time, but everybody handles it differently. You know, there's no Mm -hmm. right way to behave when you go through a breakup, just like there's no right way to behave when someone in your family is suffering or uh, has an illness. Um, there will be days, and I know we've talked about this, Laura, there will be days where you feel totally normal and there will be days where Mm -hmm. you feel totally devastated and beating yourself up for feeling one way or the other is just so unhelpful and counterproductive. Um, And so I think giving yourself permission (laughs) to feel the way you feel in any given moment is really, really big. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, One thing I do when I go through hard times or even if I'm just in a hard 
feeling. Um, I'm, if anyone knows their Enneagram type, I'm a four, which means that I take my feelings super seriously and I can get really enmeshed in my, whatever certain feeling I'm going through. And it's very hard for me to think my way out of it. Um, I often have to act my way out of it or do something different. And so I think the strategy of distraction can be very helpful. It sounds kind of like something we wouldn't want to do. You know, we want to be loyal to the feelings that we're feeling and feel them and let them pass through us and whatever. But for me, I can get really stuck in my feelings. They don't pass through me, they stay there. And so doing something like watching a movie or playing a game or going for a walk, something that lets my brain kind of unstick itself, let go of some of, some of those patterns that just keep racing over and over through my head um, is <laughs> the only way I can get out of it or doing physical activity, going for a walk, something like that. But something that involves mm-hmm. leaving my thoughts behind for a little while. Um, yeah. I think that one can be really huge, at least for me it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that yoga has been uh, a huge help in that. And I say that as somebody who like, as a yoga teacher, sometimes people expect that I practice every single day. And usually (laughs) I practice a few times a week. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but yoga has been such a big help. Um, And so that's me being completely honest that even if I'm just practicing a few times a week, being able to go to a class, even on the days that I'm seeing my granny, Um, And having an hour where I just don't have to think about anything except Mm -hmm. for what my body is doing in that present moment is really nice. Yeah. Something else about the present moment, um, this is something that Jess Lively has been talking a lot about recently on her show that I think can be a helpful strategy, which is that she's trying to find ways to find the absolute most pleasure she can in each and every moment. And so when she's talking about pleasure, she's talking about the five senses. So touch, smell, taste, sight, and feel. No, did I say feel already? (laughs) I don't think so. No, you didn't. Okay. Um, I probably forgot one in there. If I did, just put it in the comments. But basically, like, if you're doing an an experience, an activity, how can you make that activity more pleasurable for yourself? So for her, it's like, okay, I have to answer emails. How can I answer emails in the most pleasurable way possible? Well, I can go move from my uncomfortable desk chair to the bed or to the couch, even though I have set these weird rules for me myself that are like, you should answer emails at your desk. Um, so she's like, yeah, no. sorry, just to cut in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you noticed when we, I don't know if you noticed when we started podcasting that I am sitting on my couch right now and I always podcast from the desk. Do you really? Um, oh, I never knew that. I always thought I you were always, on the couch. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I always podcast from the desk. And the last two times that we have um, chatted over, uh, we use Google Plus mm-hmm. uh, to record, um, but I wanted to say Skyped. Um, but the last couple <laughs> times that we've talked, last time it was just life talk, and this time it's actually to record, I've been on the couch. And mm. I think that, yeah, it's totally about like, how can I make myself comfortable for this? Yeah. Um, yeah. And she'll be like, okay, so I can go to the bed and then I can make myself a cup of my absolute favorite tea, which is something I sometimes forget to do, but it takes like three seconds and it's going to make mm-hmm. a huge difference in the feel of how the cup feels on my hands and the smell and the taste, like everything. And so I think like, yeah, it is about giving yourself permission. We're becoming like 
mocking ourselves here, but it is about giving yourself permission or even just remembering to think about those things. Because I think especially when you're going through a hard time, the first thing to go is like taking care of yourself, right? You're focused on Mm -hmm. another person most of the time, something that they're going through, or things just feel so hard that you don't want to do the things you are supposed to do, um, like flossing or whatever. Um, You feel like, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't want to do that. And that's totally understandable. But I think like coming at it from a different perspective and saying, okay, like how can I just make myself more comfortable in this moment for right now? doesn't have to be anything big, but is there any small tweak I can make? Like even maybe just like changing the lights. Like sometimes it helps me so much to put on more soothing lighting. Um, I can feel like stressed if there's too much noise. And so paying attention to those things um, can make a big, big difference in how, in how you feel. And it's not gonna take away from the person that you're thinking about or trying to take care of. It's gonna give them more. Yeah, I mean, that said, I think I need to, part of me also feels like I need to get it together. There are, like, little things that, like, I've been really bad on the dishes these past few days, um, and my morning routine is almost completely shot, mm-hmm. as in I've been sleeping in till the last possible minute, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how related those things are, um, and I think both, I think it's a combination of you know, maybe being gentle on myself and letting me go there, but also just, I don't know, <laughs> being being useless. <laughs> um, well, I think yeah. it's kind of about the, the ebb and the flow that we were talking about earlier. Like, I yeah. almost feel like part of the flow is you even realizing that you want to improve on those things. You know, like the ebb mm-hmm. is not doing them for a while, yeah. right? You're like not doing them. You're like, I can't think about those things. And then the flow is that if you were like doing them again, right? Ebb and flow of everything. But I feel like mm-hmm. part of the flow is even just the recognition that that's something you want to get better at, but you can still be gentle with yourself if you don't do it. I mean, I think it's pretty easy to get used to like any kind of status quo and just be like, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And if I'm not doing, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So it's like when your grandmother first got sick, your whole status quo was disrupted, but now you're sort of more used to the facts of what's going on. You have a better grasp on what's happening. And so you're like, well, this is the new status quo. I should just be able to do all the things that I did before because this feels like the new normal in a way, even though that sounds sort of horrible. Um, but this is, you know, what's happening and you're more used to what's happening. But I don't think that's true. I think when something's hard is happening, you don't just rebound straight back to doing things the exact same way you were doing them before. Yeah. You have to yeah, give it's yourself definite, some grace with that. Totally. It's definitely an adjustment. Like, how mm-hmm. much of myself do I give to this? How do I, like, as I have mentioned to you, Steph, um, my boyfriend and I are moving apartments um, at the end of this month. And mm-hmm. part of me is like, now that we've been spending our my full weekend with my granny, it's just like, wow, spending a day moving is such a waste. I could yeah. be spending that with family. And it's totally needed to... It's I, it's definitely something where I'm still learning um, how much of myself to give, how much of um, what I'm holding on to is 
uh, in competition with what I'm like moving into, growing into, if that makes sense at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think so. so. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am still trying to figure that out, um, which I think is so important from a wellness standpoint. Um, yeah, that yeah, you do need to figure out how to you know, spend time with those you love while also taking care of yourself and taking care of the things that need to get done. Yeah, one thing I shared with you, I don't know whether it would work for you, I think it's something that works for me, is um, another Gretchen Rubin thing, actually, which is to decide once and then follow your own set of personal rules. Of course, giving yourself some Mm-hmm. like flexibility if you need to change them but like for instance saying to yourself like you know we need to move apartments because of these reasons I've made this decision in good faith and like with a lot of thoughtfulness and so from now on I'm not going to feel guilty about taking this weekend to move apartments um, for yeah. example you know and just trusting yourself having faith that your decision making process is solid and that you are making good decisions but also this was something I shared when you were feeling stressed about like how often to go and see your grandma and I think that's something that can easily spiral at least for me into feeling like every moment that you're not with the person is a moment you feel like you should be with the person um, mm-hmm. which is totally totally understandable feeling um, but it can rack you with guilt and like this horrible feelings every time that you're trying to take care of yourself even for a moment and so having some kind of personal rule that you've created again with the flexibility to change if the circumstances change but then after you've decided on the rule then you no longer feel guilty you can give yourself some space to breathe in the times when you've decided um you can't go or you're not able to you know yeah i love that and this is why you're one of my favorite friends. <laughs> um, it's not the it's not the first time we've talked about decision free living mm. uh, as a way to free your mind of things that you shouldn't feel guilty about, but do. Um, we talked about do, this a lot yeah. in the yeah. We talked about this in the introversion episode as well, like figuring out what a reasonable quota is for yourself Mm. that like still can that you can live up to without being stressed out and then allowing yourself to stick to that quota guilt-free right the example we had given in that episode was like social gatherings like parties and so you can have this like fear of missing out like or fear of not doing enough in your career if it was a career event and so if you say to yourself okay i will go to two or whatever your number is. I will go to two events this month um, and that will be enough. And then you just have to meet the quota and then after that you don't have to feel guilty every single time you see an invitation because you can be like, no, I did it. I did the thing that I said was enough. Um, Mm -hmm. It can be so hard to draw the line on enough if you don't have a clear plan. Exactly. So yeah, so an example for that for me is I know that I'm spending my full weekends there and so if I for some reason find myself free on a Tuesday night I don't necessarily need to feel as though I'm not there for her by not physically being there on a Tuesday night Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that that can take a huge weight off yeah 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 thank you for reminding me of that that's really lovely I think it's probably something you were doing anyway but I know for me 
it's it's really helpful it has been really helpful so yeah oh laura i am still so sorry that you're going through this hard time but i'm thank you really thankful that you feel comfortable talking to me about it and that i can be there for you thanks for letting me be there for you um it's my pleasure and it's been so awesome having people like you and my yoga friends and whoever else that I've like needed to talk <laughs> like talk this through with um all the podcast listeners yeah. <laughs> all the podcast listeners um yeah I mean this is just one of those instances where I think that um it reminds me of Brene Brown's like I thought it, this was just me mm, uh yeah. and in a way I really like no matter how many people are listening I like being able to put things out there that might just help one other person or yeah. might or somebody in the room so to speak yeah. would be able to relate to. Yeah. Um so this is yeah. It's it's therapeutic as I said. Like yeah. there's there's just a way that I can use this to give back and I already feel um more of a connection to people who have experienced loss just because I think that I can finally understand in a way that mm. I wasn't able to before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As much as, as much as you can understand somebody's loss. Right. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank everybody who's listened to this episode for giving us the space to discuss these hard things. And, um, it, it kind of is, it's our privilege to be able to talk about them and share them with whoever is interested in listening. So we thank you very much. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon.